Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, as I promised, I did take a trip up to the Walt Disney World Resort and uh, had a little fun over the last uh, week or so. Uh, and I promised that I would give you some some insights, updates, anything that's going on, and I also promised that I would pick up some information for anyone who was interested in hearing about something specific. Now, I did get a couple of things, and hopefully you'll hear those in here, uh, those of you who requested them, um, but one of the primary things I got was to tell some stories. I guess uh, you all like my storytelling, so I'm always happy to tell stories and talk about things that I see, the observations, and other things that are going on. So, happy to tell that to you, and uh, let's get started. So one of my sons and I went up, and we had a really nice time for a couple of days. We uh, we went through the parks. We did all the, the all four park challenge one day, uh, which was kind of nice. And we did them in chronological order. We started at the Magic Kingdom, went to Epcot, then over to the uh, studios, and then over to uh, the Animal Kingdom. So it was uh, it was in uh, in the orderly fashion, in the order they were created. So that was kind of fun. It was it was kind of neat. It's the first time he and I have done that uh, four park challenge. My other kids have done it, but he never did. So uh, kind of fun. Actually, that's not true. One of my my daughter hasn't done it yet. So anyway, uh, now he got a chance to do it. So we had that experience and uh, shared experience, and we had some fun. And it you know you never know what you're going to encounter, and that's what's that's what's really neat about the whole experience because you don't know what kinds of things are going to happen. I. I'm a big believer in, and I was telling him this, that I like to let the day kind of flow over me. You know, you pick some things you want to do, and that's great, and you revolve around those things, but the rest of the day you kind of let it flow over you. We didn't plan on going to all four parks. We didn't plan on going to them in chronological order, but we wound up doing it that way just because that's the nature of the way the day worked out. And we had some fun meeting some interesting people and talking to some people and having some fun. There was a lot of um, cheerleading uh, events going on. So there was a bunch of big groups that were doing the cheerleading events. And it was kind of fun to interact with some of the moms and talk to people about what their experience was and so forth. Uh, I had no idea that these were so competitive. I'd you know, seen them on ESPN and encountered groups before but never really thought about it so after talking to some people a little bit you learn a little bit more about just how competitive these are and how how people really take these in and it's no different than a lot of the other events whether you do do dance events or uh, gymnastics or soccer or uh, travel baseball anything like that karate for that matter where you're in competitions same kind of a thing and you're going to different places and you're you're competing and you, you have these uh, interesting experiences. So kind of interesting to talk to people about that a little bit and learn a little bit about how that works because I had really no idea. So we went through and uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out was people are interesting. And uh, people watching is one of my favorite things to do in the parks. You know, just kind of watch people and see what they do because you never know what people are going to do or how they're going to react to things. And uh, so we, we saw a lot of different uh, types of people uh, in terms of what they, you know, how they reacted to things and so forth. We had kind of a funny encounter with a couple sitting next to us in Morocco. 
uh, and they were talking to some, one of the cast members there and they were talking about Morocco and they were talking about, you know, things in Morocco. And it was kind of interesting. It was clear that the, the guest was a little bit unfamiliar with Morocco, which is fine. You know, people get that. And so they were trying to learn how to say things in Moroccan. Now, Moroccan is actually Arabic. Um, but, you know, the cast members were great. They played it along. Yep, Moroccan, sure. You know, you try and play it along the way the guest wants it. Um, and they tried a little, little bit more about uh, what was going on. They were asking about food in the Tangerine Cafe uh, specifically. And uh, when they asked about it, the, um, the cast member there said, yeah, it's Moroccan food, but it's really Middle Eastern food. And for whatever reason, the guest said, oh, it's Mediterranean food and was telling his wife, hey, I love Mediterranean food. This is really good, blah, blah, blah. And it was just kind of interesting to see how he was, you know, he was kind of interpreting it his own way. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, funny, kind of funny in its own weird sort of a way. But, uh, you know, he, he got it and he enjoyed the food. So no matter. And the ca- and the cast member was really cool about it. He's like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. It's Middle Eastern, whatever, you know. Um, but it's interesting to see how people react to things. We also had an encounter with another guest who had a problem with something I did. And I don't understand what the problem was. It was one of those weird moments where they decided to confront me about something I didn't even know that I did. And they were slightly, I'll use the word belligerent, but not, you know, just on the edge, right? It was just sort of in my face. It was like, why are you questioning me about something? I didn't even realize I did. I didn't, I didn't think I did it, but he's just like, what's your problem? And I'm like, that's weird. And my son looks at me and goes, I didn't think you did anything different than you ever do. Um, it was just kind of weird. You know, you encounter people and you never know what to expect, but I don't mind, you know, it's fine. You know, I'm able to, and then I started talking to him and everything worked out just fine. It's just, it is what it is. But it's just interesting how people react to things. You know, they're in their own space and they're doing their own thing. And, you know, he thought I wronged him somehow. And I don't know, whatever. It's, uh, you know, after you talk to him for a little bit and, you you know, you, you talk him down off the ledge and everybody's cool and we all move on. Then I had an encounter with, with a security guard. And it was interesting. I'm a, essentially a captive audience at that point because we were going through uh, the security line. And so we're going through and he starts talking to me about politics. Now, I don't really like to talk about politics when I'm at the Disney parks and I really don't like someone telling me their politics. And he kept going and he just kept talking about it. And I'm like, wow, you know, there was a little much to sit there and take a little bit while I'm having my bag checked. And I'm just thinking to myself, could this stop now? It was just, it seemed, I'll use the word, I'll use the words wildly inappropriate just based on the fact that it was where I was and who I was talking to. It was a cast member security guard cast member. And it was just strange, the encounter I had with him, because I've never had that happen. Usually people are friendly and they're just one off. And as soon as, as soon as they say something that's just slightly past the line, they'll stop. This guy just kept going and he just kept talking about things that I didn't think you should be talking about at that moment. Um, just kind of strange, but you know, things happen and it's all, you know, like I say, people are just interesting sometimes. And it's those encounters that make the richness of the story and the things that happen there. You know, as you start to talk to people, you learn a little bit, a little bit more. And it's sometimes that that's what makes the story interesting and compelling by just talking to people and listening to what they have to say. You'll learn a little bit more about the world in general. We live our lives wherever we live, whatever communities we live in, and we live them by whatever rules we have. And we encounter the same people at the, you know, at our work and we encounter some people shopping and whatever. But it's interesting to meet other people from other places and encounter them and talk to them a little bit differently and see what, you know, see what they're all about. So again, it's about the richness of it. It's not a complaint about anything anybody did. It's just sort of one of those uh, interesting things that happens as you're going through there. Now, uh, funny thing, my, uh, my son, we were standing in line to do something and my son said something about, man, we've been waiting all day. What's this all about? And we'd been waiting about two minutes, honestly. And he was kind of kidding with me. And he goes, 
you know, now that we've been waiting for two minutes, I don't think I want to wait anymore. Let's go on. This is the fun part for me. I'm ready to move on. Um, I like lines. And so we're, we're staying there for another one or two minutes waiting. I think we were meeting Donald or something. And uh, <laughs> this kid in front of us goes, yeah, mom, I like lines. I heard somebody say they like lines. I like lines, too. And the mom said, yeah, that was that guy back there. And we just, then we got into this kind of funny conversation about how kids react to things. You know, I'm like, hey, my son said that and whatever. You know, we just had some fun back and forth about um, how the, uh, how that works and some of the, some of the things that, that go on there. It's just funny how, how these interactions go because the, the kids were reacting to it. And my kids did the same thing or my son did the same thing. Um, and by the way, speaking of security checks uh, that I mentioned a minute ago, there was a, a weird thing that happened. Um, so there's a lot of construction going on. And so we had gone from Epcot, uh, back to the Magic Kingdom at some point, uh, on a different, one of the other days we were there. And then we left the Magic Kingdom to come back and get the car at Epcot. So you're inside the security bubble, right? Cause I'd already gone through security. We take the monorail back from the Magic Kingdom where we're inside the security bubble back to Epcot. We get off at Epcot and we should be able to just go to the parking lot. But because of the construction, you have to actually pass through the security checkpoint again just to be able to get back to the parking lot. So we had to go through a bag check again at 11.30 at night just trying to get back to the the car, even though the park itself is closed. So I have to admonish Disney here because they made a mistake. They should have set it up in a way where you could just kind of pass through and go around without having to go through security if you're just going to the parking lot. They just didn't consider that. There was a way, I, I learned later, there was a way to kind of sneak back around I don't mean sneak, but go back around, back by where the buses are and come back out into the parking lot. And that would have been fine. But that wasn't an option that they made available. You came off the monorail and you basically just followed the crowd around back to the entrance, which was just kind of dumb. So kind of weird the way they made us go back through security just to be able to get back to the car, even though you couldn't actually get in the park. He goes, then the security guard was nice about it. He goes, sorry, it's policy. You're going through, you're going back in. This is a secure area. And it just made no sense. And I hope Disney corrects that in the near future. And I, and I realize there's a lot of construction going on. And speaking of construction, there is a ton of it. I think the Animal Kingdom that is the only park currently that has really no construction going on. Uh, so, you know, over in Epcot, you have the whole entranceway that's being redone. Uh, they're doing a lot of work there. They've torn up most of the tramway. They've torn up most of the entrance part. Uh, looks like they're going to be doing some work there. I know they're going to be removing the... Um, leave a legacy uh, stones, but they haven't done that yet. They're still there. Um, but as you come through, there's, uh, there's just so much construction. You have to come all the way to one side and come around, and it's kind of awkward to get into the park. You really can't easily get into it. And the tram is kind of in a weird place, too, because they had to move it. So they have that going on. You have the Guardians of the Galaxy being built off to the side there just after you get through the entrance. And the scale of that is enormous. I mean, I can't believe how big some of the show buildings are for that. There's actually two show buildings that they built uh, next to it. I'm not sure exactly how this attraction is going to work, but uh, you go through the what it looks like you'll go through what was the entrance to Universe of Energy, which will just be like the pre-show area, and then you go back into the show buildings for the actual ride. So um, kind of amazing how big that is and just how much construction is going on there. So then you go around, and you can't even see the Wonders of Life Pavilion anymore. I, I was trying to pick it out from where we were, and you could see like the ramp that went up to it, and I actually thought it was gone at some point that they had torn it down, because I had heard they were building a some sort of a play place uh, that's undefined yet what it's going to be in that space. But it turns out that they're actually going to leave the building as it stands. It'll just be much more obscured by the, all the other buildings that are around it. So kind of interesting how much construction is going on there. Then as you go around back by the back part of the park... 
uh, there's a lot of construction going on. Um, first of all, you have in the France Pavilion, you have uh, Ratat- the Ratatouille ride that they're building. You can't really see that. It doesn't obstruct any traffic. But you can see the building that's coming up behind uh, the France Pavilion. You can kind of pick that out as they're, as they're building it. Um, and then as you exit from the park, as you go around the France Pavilion over the, over the channel there, um, and you're going to the back exit, there's a lot of construction going on at the back exit. And part of that has to do with the Skyway that they're building, uh, the gondola, uh, the gondola um, uh, cars that they're building, to move people back and forth between you know, the studios, Epcot, and several of the resorts. Because of the number of things that are going on there, there's a lot of construction that's happening there as well. So uh, traffic flow is different through there, too. So it's really um, a little confusing how you get in and out i mean they do a good job of marking it but it's just it's very uh, very complicated the way they've set things up so really interesting how much construction is going on there as you head over to the studios um, of course the star wars land is the biggest uh, thing that they're building out there there's a ton of construction that's going on you can see off in the distance as you come around through the park it doesn't impact any of the park particularly only in the front part of the park where they have the gondola that they're still working on is there any sort of uh, hampering or slowing down of, of people moving through the park. Mostly they've taken down all the construction walls and you can just walk right in the way you would have. But the number of bus terminals they put out there now is just astounding. I mean, I'm just looking at it and it's like, wow, you know, it used to be this very simple thing where they had a couple of bus stops that they'd pull up to. But given the fact that Galaxy's Edge is being built and you already have Toy Story Land that's bringing in more people, they're building a lot more in the area. So you're going to see a lot more construction happening there. You see a lot, not so much construction, but you see a lot more buses coming through there. And you'll see a lot more things happening in that area just because of the number of of people that are going to come through. So amazing how much uh, construction is going on there. And then over in the Magic Kingdom, there's a, a lot going on. So over at the Transportation and Ticket Center out in front, you have the entire tramway is being redone. And so they've, they've torn up most of the tram entrance, and you have to actually catch the tram now uh, on the other side of the bridge. Uh, you know, there's a little bridge that you would come under to go back, and they would drop you off at the Transportation and Ticket Center. Now you're in the first couple of rows of parking that they actually pick you up in the tram and drop you off in the tram. So you still have to walk a little bit of a distance to get to the uh, Transportation and Ticket Center. It's kind of weird how much construction is going on there. They've torn up most of the asphalt that's there, and they've changed a lot of things. And it looks like there's a lot of uh, concrete blocks that they're, that they're cinder blocks that they've had delivered. I don't know exactly how they're going to design it, but they're going to do something vastly different there. So uh, there's a lot of construction going on there. And then as you head over to the actual Magic Kingdom, uh, at the entrance to the Magic Kingdom, between the Magic Kingdom and the Contemporary, there's a huge bit of construction that's going on uh, there, sort of between where Space Mountain is and where you come around to, uh, uh, to the entrance. And it looks like they're building a walkway there almost uh, where you could, uh, you could do something. It's, I think it's going to be inside the park. And I'm not sure if that's going to be for like... Uh, fireworks viewing or some other thing but i think there's going to be some interesting changes that are going to happen there as a result of what's going on because it's in a weird place where it doesn't make sense for any of the attractions it doesn't make sense to go over to like the contemporary from there but it would make sense for sort of a place to hold contain people if you want them to be able to see fireworks or something from there because i think you could actually see them you know it's sort of at at an angle to the, um, the castle, and I think you can see it. I'm just not sure exactly what they have in mind there. So I'll be curious to see what they, what they come up with. And of course, the construction for the Tron uh, roller coaster is ongoing. So the, the uh, Walt Disney World Railroad is not running, and the Tomorrowland Speedway is not running. And it's really weird, because that part of the park just seems to be sort of uh, open a little bit. You know, if you take the people mover along, you can see all the construction that's going on in that area, and it's 
a ton. Uh, a lot of stuff happening there as they as they build all of this stuff. Neither neither the train nor the speedway specifically is impacted by this, but because of the construction in the area, they don't have any either of those running, uh, just because it's it's too close to it and there's you know too much inherent risk and too many things going on. So there's not a lot uh, happening in that area. It's really kind of weird the way that works. So other than that. Um, you know, things are just progressing along. There's always construction happening, you know, around the park, around the property. There's, you know, a lot of other things happening. You can see as you drive along, you go, whoa, they're building that and they're building that. And there are just so many things being built. I mean, that we saw that they're starting to starting demolition on river country. They're continuing to build some more DVC properties in a couple of places. You know, things are just popping up all over. The, just the, the amount of work that's being done there uh, is just astounding at this point. So we had a really good time. Um, you know, we, we uh, uh, had, a, had a lot of fun uh, going around. I think, the, I think, you know, always the Magic Kingdom is, you know, the most fun overall. We got a chance to do something we uh, hadn't done in a really long time, and that was we were walking through the park probably about well, close to 10 o'clock, and we walked by Peter Pan's flight and noticed that there was only a five-minute wait, and we're like, that never happens. Let's go ride it. And so we rode it. And it was fun because I, I hadn't actually ridden that attraction in probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. My son was probably about three or four the last time he wrote it. That's maybe a little less than that. But anyway, it's in that range. And it was kind of fun because we hadn't actually ridden it in so long um, that we were actually there and had a chance to ride it. So that, that was pretty cool. I saw, also saw something over in the Haunted Mansion I hadn't seen before. Um, when we were in the Haunted Mansion, uh, we went in, it, it was probably about 10 or 12 people who went into it in our, in our group. Uh, so we went into the, uh, the stretching room. And we're in there and there's a group of about, you know, oh, six, about six of the people that were in the room were high school girls and they were standing there chatting with each other and whatever. And, uh, and when it went dark, the host that was in there goes over and taps one of the girls on the shoulder <laughs> and she screamed. And it was hilarious because I'd never seen anybody do that before. I'd never seen the, one of the hosts do that. And it was just so funny. And she's like, oh my God, I've been on this 800 times and I still got startled by something. And I thought that was terrific. What a great, you know, moment that was because, you know, the, that cast member made an experience for someone. He made an experience for me because I'd never seen anybody do that before. And I thought it was awesome. And uh, I just thought that was so much fun. Uh, let's see. My son and I were, were talking about the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and the pirates playing chess. And uh, we were trying to explore what, uh, where, the, where the chess pieces were at that point. Now, I know they moved the chess pieces around at various times, but we noticed that neither, <laughs> neither side had a king on the board. So it's a totally impossible, never, never could happen position. So that made it kind of funny. Um, let's see. Oh, we were there uh, the day the Blue Angels flew over. And that was actually kind of cool. Uh, so the Blue Angels uh, flew over Epcot. And uh, that, was, that was pretty cool. Got to see them uh, fly over the uh, spaceship Earth. Uh, it was pretty neat to see that. Um, I'll put a link to the video in my show notes page so you can see it. But it was it was just kind of neat to, to be able to see that. Um, you don't see things like that because Disney's in a no-fly zone. So it's interesting when things happen. So I heard about um, there was uh, there was a couple of guests who were standing there and they, they introduced themselves. And I don't know why they introduced themselves to us, but we wound up talking to them for a while. Um, again, back to that story I was telling earlier about, you know, meeting people. And this, we, my son was wearing a Marlins shirt and this guy just started talking to us. He was from another city, but he was talking about the Marlins and Marlins man, who's kind of a famous guy who sits behind uh, home plate in a lot of different games. And uh, he had met him and he was, you know, he was, he was talkative and he was talking to us about this. Anyway, before we got to that conversation, we were, we were chatting about um, a couple of things and he was talking about the monorail and his, uh, I guess, wife wanted to ride up front in the monorail. And she saw the door open and she went up, can we ride up front? 
And uh, the, the host is like, no, sorry, you can't anymore. And that got me to thinking that, uh, and he reminded her that you can at Disneyland if you want to. And that got me to thinking about, you know, not everyone knows the whole story here about uh, what happened. It's about um, six or seven years ago, there was a monorail accident. Um, Disney always had this, uh, these safety protocols in place where they would allow for uh, guests. Uh, they, would, uh, they would always you know, manage the monorails in a way where they had a, three different checks to make sure the monorails were safe and everything could happen. And it happened that everything broke down. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. One monorail backed into another. It destroyed the monorail and killed one of the drivers. And it's a totally unfortunate event. And so Disney had to actually... Um, uh, the NTSB and OSHA came in and they reviewed everything and Disney had to actually make policy changes to the way they run their monorail. For one thing, the monorail is now a public transportation system. It's no longer an attraction. So therefore, it has to follow the same rules as airlines and buses where um, passengers are not allowed in with the pilot so or the, or the person driving it. So uh, that's, that's the first thing. So that changed the rules around it. So even though there's still seats up there because they haven't changed the monorail fleet out, you can't ride up there. And uh, that's that's the way the uh, Disney came down on this. And it actually, to a point, makes sense, you know, because there's millions of people that ride the monorails every year. So, you know, you have to play it safe. And the other piece to this puzzle is um, when Disney uh, made these changes, I've noticed I stood there and looked at the front of the monorail for a minute. And I noticed there's now cameras and sensing equipment, some sort of, you know, like sonar or other um, sensing equipment to uh, allow for um, detection of other monorails and other obstacles in the way. And I'm assuming that's a part, that's the next part of it. I knew they had to do some upgrades to their, um, uh, to their systems to make sure that they didn't have any problems. They used to just have a warning light on the, it was a um, sensor on the track and a warning light would light up on the dashboard for the, um, the cast member who was driving it, the pilot, uh, to let them know that they were at a safe distance from the monorail in front of them. Now they have all these other pieces of equipment, more technology they use, where they actually keep track of where the other monorails are, and they have at another board that uh, that a, a person is sitting at, and they also have this equipment within the uh, monorail itself, so the pilot knows what's there. And I understand they've also uh, uh, updated some of the systems that run the monorail, so the pilot is still in there, but not as much in control as they used to be. Um, they start it and they still monitor it, but the system runs itself because it's more automated with all the electronic equipment that's on there. Don't know if that's absolutely true or if the, you know, which, which one is actually in control, the pilot's in control, the computer's in control, I'm not sure. But in any, any case, it's a combination of both that run the monorail now and have it go around the track. So things changed remarkably. Uh, over time with the uh, with the sense with the monorail and it uh, it changes the way it runs and it's kind of interesting to me that uh, they've they've upgraded it so much so disney had changed all their policies about uh, the size of strollers that can come in the park and allow not allowing for smoking anywhere in the parks. There's no designated smoking areas anymore. So uh, when I went up to park at one point, I pulled through the gate and the uh, cast member asked me, are you aware of the new policies? So I said, no. And he tells me about, you know, the, the uh, stroller policy and that there's a thing to measure it there at the gate if you have any questions. Otherwise, just leave it in your car. And then also told me about the, um, the no smoking policy. Now, I got to say kudos to Disney for putting a no, no smoking policy in place. The smoking areas they had really made no sense anyway. So it was a good idea to go ahead and eliminate smoking in the parks. And it's all smoking. It's cigarettes. It's e-cigarettes. It's everything. So there's no more, uh, no more smoking allowed in the parks. And I think that's probably for the best. And when they first rolled it out, there was a lot of questions about how it would be received. But it turns out that it was received fairly well. Most people are okay with it. You'll see some people like standing 
outside the park smoking now before they go in, or maybe they go take a break and leave the park and go smoke. But I think it's for the best. Uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, there were some spaces where it just didn't make sense and you had to kind of pass by a smoking area to get somewhere. Now you don't have to do that anymore. And, um, I think, you know, with, with all the things that are changing, I think this makes the most sense anyway. So I'm kudos to Disney for making that happen. So we, uh, we went on, uh, the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, and this was, this was probably one of my favorite experiences being in the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Uh, it was really late. Uh, so it was probably after 10 o'clock one night. And I think there was, a, I think the castle show was going on or the, the one where they light up the castle and they're doing the uh, memory show. And, uh, we go in there and there's probably, if there were 50 people in the audience, I would be surprised. So it was a really small crowd, but it was a very interactive and fun crowd. And, uh, it was, it, the, the jokes were great. I think everything kind of worked. It was one of those times, sometimes you go in and you go, yeah, it didn't really work or, you know, people didn't react to it. Right. But this one just worked. And uh, everybody was pretty fun. And, uh, you know, there was uh, when they did the thing about who's going to who's going to buy the churros. It was this guy, me. I was up on the screen as the guy who was going to buy everyone churros after the show. So uh, please see me if you want to see ch- if you want some churros. And of course, because we I was up on the screen doing that, I had to go buy a churro after the show because that's how I roll. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was just one of those funny moments. It was like, yeah, there you go. I'm the churro guy. Yep. You're, they're on me. Good deal. Um, so that was that was kind of fun. And then when they were doing the uh, the audience participation part and they had uh, a kid in the audience answering questions, my son happened to be sitting right behind the kid and he was just doing these funny hand gestures behind the kid the whole time. He was thumbs up, he was patting him on the head, though of course it looked like he was patting him, he was only moving his hand in air and just, you know, going near him. But it was just so funny to watch him interact and be up on the screen. I actually started laughing really hard and so did the people behind him. It was just, it was just one of those great moments. But it, it all just kind of worked. It came together as making such a great show. It was so much fun. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed that uh, pretty thoroughly because it was just, you know, it's one of those things you don't get to do very often. Um, went on the Jungle Cruise a couple of times. And uh, one of them was just so-so. Uh, the, the cast member who was running it, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't as enthusiastic. She was fine. But, you know, didn't have that same level of enthusiasm. But the second time we rode it, it was one of the last rides of the night. In fact, it was supposed to be the last ride of the night. And it was going to be about four of us on the boat. And she's like getting ready to leave. And then a whole bunch of people, like 20 or 30 people, just line up all of a sudden. I don't know where they came from. I don't know what was going on. It was, you know, right at closing time. And they just showed up there. And so they're letting more people on the boat, letting more people on the boat, letting more people. And then they didn't have any more room. So they had to bring another boat up and and, uh, put more people on that boat. So it was kind of funny that we weren't the last boat. We were the penultimate boat and not the ultimate one. So we're there. We're having fun. We're uh, we're watching. We're we're going through the ride. She's pretty interactive and fun. She's got a slightly different patter that I hadn't heard before. A couple of new jokes that I hadn't heard. Pretty clever. Nicely done. You know, she's she's got some fun things going on. But I think my favorite part had to be when we got to the uh, when we got to um, the uh, the falls and we're going through and I'm like, she's like, Oh yeah, look at that. Look at that rock work there. We're on the front side of it. Look at the rock work there. Isn't that great rock work? There's no falls. It's just the rocks. And it's like, huh, that's kind of funny. So we go around and we come back and she goes, look, it's the world famous Disney's backside of air. <laughs> it was just, it was just funny. It was one of those classic moments when you go, all right, that works. Good for you. Yep. Good job. <laughs> I loved it. It was, it was just pretty funny. It was good stuff, man. Um, so, uh, we, uh, we, we had a good time. I think overall, I think we had a really nice time just, uh, just tooling around and having some fun. 
Um, you know, we, we, uh, we really liked a lot of the activities we did. Um, you know, it was fun. We had, I had a magic band on, so the, uh, photo pass photos were showing up in the app. I don't ever buy any of the photos, but I like to look through them and just see what they look like. And it's funny to see some of them come back, you know, when you see them come up, it's like, oh yeah, look at that. There's the, the one from the haunted mansion. And I'm not sure what to make of the haunted mansion one. It's, it's kind of funny that they take a photo of you in the haunted mansion and then they, uh, produce it there. But I guess that's cool. You know, it's all good. Um, so, you know, pictures were coming back all the time and, you know, just would see them there. A uh, couple of times it didn't find me. It found someone else who was probably near me in the line. If I look at it, I think they were near me in the line, um, you know, to be the person that was there. And it was just kind of funny when I'd see it, I'd be like, wait, what happened? to? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> but then it would adjust itself later and, you know, give me the right one. It was kind of funny. A couple of times that happened, but it was, um, it was a good time. I'd say that overall we had a, a really fun time. Um, glad I went. We were there for the uh, Flower and Garden Festival. Um, didn't really experience much of the foods at the uh, at the kiosk there. I didn't see anything that really appealed to me this time. A couple of things we tried didn't really, you know, nothing that was like over the top. I like the Food and Wine Festival because the food selection is much broader and has much more depth to it. Not that any of these were bad, but we were just finding other things to eat along the way. So that was fine. Um, we got to see uh, Herman's Hermits and uh, Peter Noon. Uh, singing for a little while and that was that was kind of fun you know we just kind of we just kind of stood by and watched him so that's always always a good time just to have the uh the series the um the series the the musical series that's going on um it's it's nice that disney does that because it kind of makes the day a little more fun and uh you know we tried to get out of epcot around the time that it was getting dark because what we discovered was and this is just an observation there are more people in there and they're doing more drinking so it gets the crowd not rowdier but the crowd gets a little bit more drunk um, and it's just, you know, the, the mix of the crowd changes when you're there in the morning with the kids, it's great. And when you're there in the afternoon with, you know, some, a mix of adults and kids, it's fine. But as it gets later on, it's just adults drinking and that's fine, but it changes the atmosphere of the park to a large degree. And I'm not such a fan of that. I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with them doing it. So we just, we decided to leave uh, a little bit earlier in that case, uh, just because it, it made more sense. So I guess that's about it. Um, I think that's that covers pretty much everything we did. I hope I gave you a flavor for the kinds of things we did, some of the fun things we had going on. We, uh, you know, we just had some uh, some fun, you know, uh, trying to take different pictures and do some different things, and you know, tormenting his siblings, uh, my other kids, uh, along the way because they weren't there. Because that's become the de rigueur thing for my kids to do torment each other so that's fine i'm cool with that um that just worked out that this one this son went with me this time so next time it'll be a different child that goes with me that's the way it works in my family um the trip the trips just work out well that way for me because i'm able to kind of go up there and spend a day or two and then do some things and then go on um by the way we did stay off property this time so you know good good stuff we uh we found a a good rate at a, a local hotel it was a marriott courtyard great deal you know was fine easy enough to get in and out of the parks uh, worked out really well. So for me, that works. And again, everybody has their own thing that they do, whether they prefer to stay on property, off property, drive, not drive, whatever they're going to do. It's, it's what works for you. And that's what I always remind people of. Do what works for you. Take the mode of transportation that works for you. Some people would prefer to just park at the transportation and ticket center parking lot and then just spend their day doing that. And we did that too one day. We also parked some other places and did some other things. We moved the car once or twice. Sometimes we took boats. Sometimes we took uh, uh, monorails. Sometimes we took uh, uh, buses. It depended on, you know, what the, fl- the mood of the moment was. We just kept saying, hey, let's do this. 
And that's, to me, what makes it fun. It's this variability and having some fun with it where you can change some things up and do kind of take it at your own pace and do it your own way. Well, that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gilles. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 